Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast, baby. What's up, y'all? Who's ready for week two? I am. I am so ready for week two. I feel like week one brought a lot of disappointments. A lot of surprises. A lot of surprises, a lot of rookie breakouts. We'll see who stays and who, you know, disappears back into the land of rookies. Irrelevancy. Yeah. Rookies don't perform well in their first year, right? That's what we've been telling people. Don't draft rookies. (laughs) Rookie wide receivers. That has been our MO, but that's okay. That's all right. It was a weird week. Tight ends. It, like every everybody went off this week. So I'm I'm sort of interested. Like, were teams playing defense or were they? I I don't care. Only the Patriots decided to play defense this yeah. week, this week against our poor poor Steelers. Um, you're listening to the Ball Blast Podcast, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Podcast family. Go check uh, those boys out. There's the college football. Bros, and there's the Hazard Ground podcast. Check those guys out. If you haven't yet checked out our Patreon, we're at patreon.com slash ballblast. Subscribe there. You get an extra episode of Ball Blast per week. Yes, that means not one, not two, but three Ball Blast podcasts. Learning something new every day. Learning something new every day. And three is after two. Three is after two. I, I've been working on this. I've been rehearsing. My numbers all day just for that one moment. But you get an extra episode. You get access to the Ball Blast Slack chat with all of our, our subscribers there. Great group of people. They're doing a pick em contest. Michelle, how'd you do for week one? Um, the last I looked, I was in last place. I'm not very good at pick for, like, game spreads. Don't ever, ever take my advice on game spreads. That's good to know. I'm very bad at it. <laughs> like, if I, if I bet, I always... I always lose. Oh, good. And the over-unders, please. Who yeah. can who can pick those right? I feel like they're just like a flip of a coin. I do, who too. Knows? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'll give it a shot sometime. It's been a busy week one. Heading into week two, I think we should get into some news and notes. This just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. Michelle, after a long week one, lots of games to be played, uh, lots of injuries to talk about at this point. Let's stick with our hometown boy, Juju Smith-Schuster, came down with a toe injury late in the matchup versus the Patriots in New England. He is officially uh, listed with a toe injury, did not have a full session of practice, but he got in a limited, limited workload on Wednesday. Coach Mike Tomlin says he's optimistic about his availability for week two versus the Seahawks. Any concern here at this point in the week? None at all. I think he plays. I think he plays to full strength. I'm not too worried about it. As long as he gets in one full practice, like tomorrow, if he's still limited, I'm not too worried about it as long as Friday's a full practice. Okay. Let's stick in the same matchup. Uh, Other opposing wide receiver one, Tyler Lockett. Did not practice Wednesday, listed with a back injury and officially questionable for week two yeah, versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nowhere. And did it happen last game? I, I mean, we just got this alert on Roto World. 
did it happen last game? Is that why he only saw two targets? That would almost make me feel better. It was, but he also came out after the game that said uh, he was double covered the entire game, and he had never seen he hadn't seen that kind of coverage, double coverage well, since college. Good, that's what's going to happen when you have nobody across from you. Like I like DK Metcalf, I like nobody. his talent. I love his talent, but Whoa, he's going to have to, he's going to have, actually have to prove more than just week one that you know he deserves some serious coverage on his side. Yeah, um, it's. A new injury, so we're going to have to wait and see some more information from that end just because we, there wasn't any point in the game that there, it was an obvious, uh, obvious injury that I saw any, any weird collisions, anything like that. So definitely need to keep an eye on that. Uh, he's slated for Sunday at 1 p.m. Heading out west, the Chargers just cannot stay healthy. I don't know what's going on. There's something in the water. They're not drinking their milk. I don't know what's up. Hunter Henry came in, uh, played finally for a, a nice chunk of the game, and then it it was announced today that he came down with a knee fracture. A yep. knee fracture. When did that happen? Clearly during the game. He must have just been playing with it. And I was thinking that he was not getting nearly as many. Involved. Yeah, he was not getting nearly as many targets as I was hoping for. I think that this is our answer why now. I actually grabbed Hunter Henry in a lot of leagues. Yeah, in a few leagues because I like that group of tight ends, the O.J. Howard, the Evan Ingram, and the Hunter Henry, and Hunter Henry was going last, so I'd grab him. Well, now... What do we do? So what do, I, what I do have you to do? pivot. Yeah. And I did not get Hawkinson off of waivers. What, what other pivots do you recommend, though, if you are in the position where you drafted a Hunter Henry... Are you trying to get one of the cheaper guys right now, like a Darren Waller? Who do you think is a, a fair acquisition for the Hunter Henry owner? Well, you're going to have to trade for any of those guys because they're already they're gone. Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, if they were on your waivers, they're already gone. People spent a lot of money for them uh, this, this Wednesday morning or use their top priority. So they're gone. You'll have to trade. I don't necessarily want to give up anything good yet for a tight end. Yeah, especially ones that we don't know for sure if they have staying power. Like I like them all, but let's see them in more than one. You know, week one. Yeah, I I agree with you there, and I think you know last week we talked about some different streamable tight ends. I had mentioned Vernon Davis, which you scoffed at a little bit. He ended up having a pretty nice day. Yeah. Um. So maybe it's worth it to play play the waiver wire, see what you can get, uh, squeeze out a week one. And I just checked. Hunter Henry was in on 91% of snaps. I saw that this morning. I was like, ooh, this makes me feel good about Hunter Henry. Even 91%. though he didn't have a great game, I was like, I love that he was on the field so much. And then less than an hour later, I saw the report. Uh, I mean, I dropped him already. He's only supposed to be out four to six weeks. A knee fracture, that sounds serious. They're not placing him on IR. If you really want to hold them, hold them. But that's going to hurt to hold the tight end that long, especially one that just can't stay healthy. So who yeah. knows if he comes back, he stays healthy. Plus, he didn't put up a huge game. So really, what are you holding him for? I dropped him. I am hoping, I am hoping so hard that Greg Olson does not play tomorrow night so that I can start up Ian Thomas and then figure it out from there. Yeah, he. I, I'm actually surprised that he's going to try to play because I feel like just rest it up, dude. It's a short week. But again, I'm also rooting for Ian Thomas. Also on the Chargers, Coach Anthony Lynn says he's concerned about 
uh, Mike Williams' knee injury. He left the game with this knee injury. He never came back into the game. You know, he hasn't been practicing yet this week. And then they went and signed a free agent wide receiver, uh, Anthony Johnson, from uh, he played with the Bucks over this preseason. You know, maybe just for insurance, but the coach doesn't seem too optimistic that Mike Williams will be good to go. What does this mean for the Chargers? Because they Austin Eckler, baby. Yeah, that's like all it could mean because they lost Terrell Williams to the Oakland Raiders. We'll get into him a little bit later. Um, They've got Keenan Allen. Is it just going to be the Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler show? Yes, it really is. Yes. And maybe they'll put Eckler out wide a little bit more often, use Justin Jackson as the... Antonio Gates season? Oh, God. No, he's not even signed, right? Hopefully. I do not want to watch that anymore. Hey. I respect the man. Great career, but I do not want to watch him anymore on the field. (laughs) Watching him last year, oh, he was so slow. It was so hard. It did look like he was running through molasses, but hey, the dude was on the field. That was impressive. They'll have Travis Benjamin out there, Dontrell Inman. They'll get targets. I'm not going to play them. No, not even in DFS. I was about to say maybe DFS, but not even. I'm not but tempted. And Keenan Allen should have a monster of a game, and Austin Eckler is my favorite running back start this Whoa. week. Whoa. All right. That, I mean, obviously, Christian McCaffrey will always be a baby, but then Austin Eckler. Okay. A little preview for, for our conversation later on. Tyree Kill with the clavicle injury. He will be sidelined at least four to six weeks. Wasn't placed on the IR, so there is hope that he could – return within that timeline. Uh, the the timeline for the IR is at least six weeks. So clearly they think that there's some sort of chance he might return, you know, before that. Yeah, I, that sounds crazy to me because he was hospitalized. I it So the, the reports about the hospitalization are, are sort of interesting because it seemed like it was more precautionary than anything else just because of the location of the it. location of the injury and and making sure that that didn't impact his his blood vessels at all that are very close to that that injured area so it's something to monitor but hopefully uh we see Sammy Watkins just yeah. absolutely ball out and we'll get a little preview of what Michael Hardman can be without Tyreek Hill in the Offense. Yeah. We'll see if he can actually produce. Might be more targets available for Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. Maybe. Yeah. Meh. Um, Redskins coach Jay Gruden says there's no update on Darius Geis's knee. Uh, came down with that injury on Sunday, went into the medical tent, came back out, but had an absolutely terrible day. Fully expected to miss a few weeks while he's dealing with this meniscus injury, getting it checked out. Adrian Peterson is awkwardly now the starter after, after being benched. Yeah. Healthy scratch. I This was my concern going into that game on Sunday with Adrian Peterson on the bench. I, I don't know what Jay Gruden has against Adrian Peterson. Did he slap his mom? Like what in the world happened between Jay Gruden I and Adrian Peterson. It probably really just has to come down to uh, special teams. Still. It's I, hard to roster or make three running backs active that are not involved in the special teams. AP's not playing special teams. Guys can't stay healthy just playing running back, let alone putting him out there in special teams. I guess I have no idea if Chris Thompson plays, but he's pretty small, so I don't know. I still think it was a, a risky little game to play and especially when you're having a guy like Geis come back off a torn ACL 
And now he's got two screwed up knees. Come on. Gotta, gotta be more careful with that. Um, I, I hate to even bring this up, but obviously we have to talk about it. Antonio Brown is being accused of sexual assault. Um, we saw both sides of the story come out. It was originally reported by the New York Times. Um, Antonio Brown's camp came out to make a statement. Both sides have their story. Um, Antonio Brown admits to a consensual relationship between the two, the two parties. The, the two stories are totally different. I mean, the NFL is going to be doing an investigation. The, the Patriots made a statement that just basically said that much. Really nothing else. Right now, the latest news is that, you know, AB is likely to play this weekend unless the NFL steps in. It's a civil case, not a criminal case, because she did not go to the cops. It's just all around. I have no idea what to take of the story, and I don't want to deal with AB anymore. Do what you want with him. If you want to keep him, keep him. If you don't, don't. That's all I have to say. I've been staying away from him this whole offseason because he's a complete headache to own. I don't want to deal with it. I definitely don't want to deal with it now. I'm not if going to If you have high him. blood pressure, you can't, you can't continue to own Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, so that's all I'm going to say on AB, and I have no desire to speak his name again this season. Yeah, please, stay out of the news. I'm, I'm sick of it. Uh, should we get into something more pleasant, Michelle? Yeah. Let's get, let's get happy. Let's get... Talking about our starts of the week, our scrumptious starts of the week. Ooh. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. AB brought me down a little bit, but that sound bright brought me right back up, baby. Right back up. Our yes. scrumptious starts of the week. The, How scrumptious are they? The yummiest. They are most super delicious yummy. Starts. Should we kick it off with some quarterbacks? Michelle, yes. give me your scrumptious quarterback of the week. All right. Now, when we're going through these, we're not naming the obvious. I'm not going to name Deshaun Watson. I'm not naming a Christian McCaffrey. I've heard of those guys. Yeah, I'm not naming a Juju, even though he may have had somewhat of a disappointing game last week. These are guys that you might be you know, you have questions about, and we're saying they are excellent starts this week. So my quarterback this week is Josh Allen at the New York Giants. He's been my dude all offseason. I gave the start of the week to Lamar Jackson last week. He killed it. Now I'm giving it to Josh Allen, baby. You love those rushing quarterbacks. Although I Lamar do. Jackson, he got it done, but just not the way we thought <laughs> yeah, he did. not rushing at all. And I'll be fine if Josh Allen does that same thing. Uh, Allen in his first game last week, you know, he looked sloppy for most of it. He looked he the started, first half four four turnovers. He had two interceptions, two fumbles, which he lost both. That hurt you in fantasy. That's eight points that could have been on your your roster if you started him last week. Yes, and he actually ended up. I mean, he put up a decent game. He had eighteen points. And if you give him those eight points for those turnovers, he's a top seven quarterback and everyone's, you know, really excited to play him this week, but those turnovers did hurt him. I don't expect him to have those turnovers this week Uh, in New York. We saw him look much better later in the game. They only ran the ball three times in the first half. And that's when he threw his two interceptions. Is that when he also had his two fumbles? I believe so. Yeah. So, when you're only 
when you're only running the ball three times, and that's only like running, like handing the ball off three times, that puts a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. The defense is only guarding the pass because they know you're not running. And I think that's what caused a lot of those turnovers. They started running the ball in the second half. Gore was not effective at all. And then they finally started giving Singletary some carries, some touches. Things opened up a bit because Singletary was getting a lot of yards. And Josh Allen was able to make his throws. And he was great in that fourth quarter. Josh Allen looked really good connecting with um, John Brown, who I'll be talking about later. If Dak, I, I like Dak, but Dak put up 33 points on the Giants last week. I think Allen can do some damage as well. I like that. My quarterback scrumptious start of the week is one I never in the world expected, ever. Derek Carr, quarterback of the Oakland Raiders. So yummy. So scrumptious. Those those oily, tanned arms that he's so obsessed with. I think Derek Carr is kind of like broccoli when you put it in the, like right now, just for this game. He's like broccoli that you put in the oven with some olive oil on top. Yeah, where like it's actually a pretty good. Salt and pepper. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, wow, this is really yummy, and it's broccoli. That's how I feel about Derek Carr. Like, ew, you're gross, but this game is so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all about the the broiled broccoli. Yeah, it's the yeah Derek the stuff Carr that's making broiled Derek Carr broccoli. Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm glad I, I followed the metaphor there. He is facing Kansas City. Uh, he had the seventh best passer rating in week one when he threw from a clean pocket, which was impressive because he actually, he, he looked pretty clean. Like they, the offensive line was able to hold up. He was able to get the ball and drive it down the field. Um, he was PFS second, most highly ranked quarterback in terms of, of player grade for week one had just five dropbacks under pressure, which that's incredible. When you look at a guy like, uh, Andy Dalton, who took five sacks, he didn't see a single sack. That's awesome. Deshaun Watson saw six sacks. He did not even see enough pressures to make up for the number of sacks that Deshaun Watson took. So his offensive line's looking great. Ty Williams looks pretty awesome. He he really was able to drive the ball down the field. Um, I, I'm starting Derek Carr. It should be a, at a shootout if the Oakland Raiders can come out and execute a game the way that they did Monday night versus the Denver Broncos. They were so hyped up on Monday. I mean, did you hear the chants? Yes. So Did you chant along? I actually thought the Denver defense was going to look better than they did. They did not look great. No pressure, like you said. I mean, Derek Carr was throwing the ball all over them. He had a good game, and if he keeps continuing to have good games, we're going to have to start respecting him, and maybe he turns into some yummy you know, French fries instead of broccoli. Maybe. And, I mean, the last time that, that Derek Carr looked like a good quarterback, it was when... He still would have to be like Wendy's French fries, though. Like, still like, eh, but they're French fries. See, that's where we differ. I like Wendy's French fries, but if they were McDonald's French fries, I'd be all over that. So, like... Arby's, baby. Uh, so you want him to be Arby's French fries, but you don't think he'll be Arby's French fries. You think he'll be closer to a Wendy's. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's enough. <laughs> All right. So last, last week it was Taco Bell. This week it is Arby's and Wendy's. Can you tell we're always hungry when we're recording this podcast? Um, I, I do. I like Derek Carr. I like the matchup. It's just, it, it's a favorable game script from all accounts. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Um, 
I, I like it. I like what we saw last week. So I think he's an excellent candidate that gave up the fourth most points to the rookie wide receiver, Gardner Minshew. 275 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. I like it. Let's hear about your wide receiver, All your right. scrumptious wide receiver. My wide receiver this week, it's Brandon Cooks, and he honestly should be one of those guys that's too big of a name, too good to say on this list. But people still disrespect this dude. I see him getting traded for nothing out there. I Guys, it was one bad game in week one. The Rams did not get any real game practice in in the preseason. They sat all their starters. They're going to start off slow. They did the same thing last year. They looked out of sync. They started slow, and they struggled in the first game. The second game, they came out swinging. Like, everyone was fine. Cooks did great. I think he had over 100 yards in the second game last year. Their offense is going to look good. They're back at home. Goff is always better at home. They're playing against the Saints, who just got destroyed by Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and everyone else. I'm yeah. excited to watch this game. It uh, should be a nice, a nice, fun fantasy game. It should be. And the last two times they played the Saints, which, which was both times last year because they played in the regular season and then that you know, that, that forbidden game that we're not allowed to talk about. Yeah, that playoff game where this is going to be a revenge game for the Saints against the Rams. And then also you have that revenge factor with Brandon Cooks. You, they they traded. Yeah. The Saints traded Brandon Cooks when he was pretty good. And that was like came out of nowhere. So I'm sure he still feels disrespected. Not to mention like the Rams have to feel disrespected because everybody said that the Rams sort of cheated their way, and not not necessarily cheated, but uh, that the Saints were cheated out of their their Super Bowl appearance because of the Rams. So they, they might want to prove their worth. Exactly. Yeah. That I really like sort of just the overall narrative there because I do I I believe that those kind of things can really hype a team up and and get them on sync and get them on the same page. Last year, so this was a, what I was going to get into, against the Saints in the two games. The first game, he caught six of eight targets, 114 yards, and one touchdown. In the playoff game, he caught seven of eight targets for 107 yards. I think yeah. that's pretty good. Speaks for itself. I am starting Brandon Cooks if I own him. I am not worried about it just because of week one. I'm going for the stack for my scrumptious wide receiver of the week, Tyrell Williams. Damn, get off the... I know. I'm on the, the, the Raiders, Raiders hype train. Yeah. I was going to say balls. You're on the Raiders balls. We yeah. are the ball blast podcast. We are. Hope they don't blast mine. Um, Tyrell Williams. We were concerned about his ability to handle the number one coverage without Antonio Brown. And he he gave us a certain finger in response to that. He certainly did. He looked He looked excellent. And like I said, that offensive line held up, and Derek Carr was able to get him the ball down the field. He went six for 105 yards and a touchdown. He gets Kansas City now allowed the third most yards to wide receivers in week one, and it was Jacksonville wide receivers. Ja- Jacks- Jacksonville wide receivers. Yeah. Jacksonville. I, I mean, honestly, I don't think the Oakland wide receivers are that much better. Still. But, I Still. mean, the, the big, tall wide receiver beat them last week. Also, yeah. Chris Conley. Uh, so but I think he's the big like the, tall wide receiver can beat him this week. Yeah, he's the speedy, speedy guy who can separate. Um, he saw fifty-eight percent of his team's air yards, which led 
all of the wide receivers in the NFL. He saw the greatest percentage of his team air yards in week one. I'm all about that. That means that Derek Carr is really trying to put the ball in his hands down the field. If they beat Kansas City. That's not going to happen. It is in Oakland. I do think they're still going to be all pumped up. If they is, beat Kansas City, is, are you calling insane. that? No, no, I'm not. I'm not rooting for it either. We don't need another good team in the AFC. Like I don't want Oakland pushing for a playoff spot. We need one of those wild cards. Did spots you just after say watching. Oakland pushing for a playoff spot? Yeah, I know. I think I'm over exaggerating Week One here a little bit. I hope so. Oh, talk about Week One overreactions. I'm all in on Tyrell Williams for this week. Should be a nice, uh, soft matchup for him to to continue to ball. Tell me about your running back, your scrumptious running back. You will be very happy about this one. Oh, yeah? It's Derrick Henry. Woohoo! I put him in here because you, you probably played him week one, or hopefully you did because he had a pretty good game. You know you're well, looking at him. Why wouldn't you have put Derrick Henry in your lineup if you're listening to this podcast? Exactly. So you did if you're listening. You put him in there. Oh, yeah. If you didn't, get him in there for week two. Can you trust him for a second week in a row? I know you're thinking that because what he did to you last year. I think you can. I really believe that you can trust him. This Music to my ears, two. baby. Uh, we, we just saw the Colts get destroyed by running backs on the, on the ground and in the air. So Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson put up 115 yards on the ground against the Colts, and then Eckler added a lot more yards to the air. No, Derrick Henry's not the pass-catching type. He did bring, Supposedly. He did bring a, a short little reception, a little dump off, all the way 75 yards down for a touchdown. I don't see that happening every game, but... You never uh, know. He's he's good. He doesn't for being that running back who doesn't have a ton of pass catching volume. He's actually got a like an eighty five percent career catch percentage. Leave my boy alone. Just use him in the passing game. Gosh, I think he'll get a couple more targets this game and. This is a game where I don't see either team blowing each other out, and those are going to be the perfect matchups for Derrick Henry. You don't want the Titans to get blown out for sure. And this team wants to play defense and they want to run. They want to play a slower game. They want to get it out of Marcus's Marcus Mariota's hand. They don't Are want, you guys on a first name yeah, basis? I knew I know you're gonna say that. They want to get it out of Mariota's <laughs> hand. They don't want him throwing 30, 40 times a game. So Yeah, we don't want Marky throwing the ball. My favorite part about last week is that Henry had 19 carries. That's what we've been asking for. Just give him the workload because he's that type of back. He's not the type of back that's going to get five to six yards per carry. He's going to get in the in the four somewhere. But if you give him those carries, he's going to have a good game. And Deion Lewis only had three carries. Which is what we want to see. We don't want him to be be getting those, those carries. He, he didn't had, get that many targets either. No, and... He had this beautiful touchdown. If you watched the the touchdown in the end zone, um, man, he like punched it, flew into the air, over the pile. It was a beautiful touchdown. He's running with power. Last year, they tried to use Deion Lewis for part of the season at the goal line. Why would you do that when you have a monster of a guy? He's a big dude that's going to get in the end zone if you give him that goal line touch. They clearly learned their lesson from last year. They gave him the goal line touches or touch. I don't know how many there were, but yeah, it it was a, a weird situation last year, but I feel like they learned their lesson. I've said it before. They didn't, they never told us he was going to be a workhorse last year. They said they thought he would lead the team in carries, which he did. 
They never said the word workhorse. That was all us. Like we fed that narrative and now they're finally saying workhorse. So I believe it. He was a workhorse this week. So I love that. I'm on board, obviously. Now my guy, I might have to get some people on board because he burned. He burned this week. He burned all of your souls. Yeah, he did. Uh, Sony Michelle versus Miami Dolphins. I know, I know. He got like less than one yards per carry this week. But hear me out. I actually think that although the Pittsburgh Steelers are a total dumpster fire right now, their run defense looks actually pretty good. Their defensive line is not bad. You've got rookie linebacker Devin Bush who he can tackle. He's always I, – I was watching all of Sony Michelle's carries, and, man, they were – absolutely suffocating on him. He couldn't get past the line at times. So I think when you've got a team that's in full tank mode, I know the Patriots don't often travel well to Miami, but I mean, we saw the Miami play at home last week and they got ripped apart by the Ravens ripped apart. And they're not a team that I trust, right? I, I don't trust the Ravens offense in general, but I, I trust the Patriots offense more than the Ravens. I think, the Dolphins are in tank mode, and they're going to do well. Um, Sonny Michelle saw 15 rushing attempts uh, week one. Didn't feel like he was on the field that much, but when he was on the field, he was running the ball. Last season in Miami saw 20 rushing attempts, even though you know it was a, a game where they were actually down and had to throw the ball a lot. So I think he should see the workload, even though it's sort of a supposedly gimme game. Even if he gets his 15 carries from last week, that should still be pretty good against the Miami defense who just, you know, got killed by Mark Ingram. Yeah, they uh, last week the Miami run defense allowed 190 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Give me that. Yeah. It's All good. day. I think it'll be good for Sony. You got to try him one more time. Yeah, you drafted him to be this guy. He's He is the Patriots guy. And when I say one more time, a lot more times, don't give up on him yet. But I would, I would play him here. I mean, obviously, it's all going to depend on who else you have. But I'm comfortable playing Sony Michelle. I think this is a good scrumptious start of the week. Last week, we said, man, it looks like you're going to be starting anybody versus Miami. Why not start the Patriots running back? Truth. Tell me who your tight end start of the week is. Mark Andrews, baby. You know, it's kind of hard to pick one of these for tight ends because you don't want to pick the... There's only a couple. Yeah, there's not very many that are truly scrumptious starts, but Mark Andrews... Oh, he's scrum-diddly-umptious. ...was really good week one. I mean, everyone on the Ravens was really good. 108 yards and one touchdown, eight receptions for Andrews. He only saw... He only played 42% of the snaps. Led the the tight end set in week one for yards per route run. He, Love to see that. He looks good out there. Lamar Jackson really likes him. He's always looking for him when he's on the field. That 42% actually is up from his average from last year. You want to see this go up further. Like That's something I'm going to be looking for. I hope this keeps increasing. I think last game they just didn't need him. Like Why risk the injury when you're up by 40 points? Yeah, There's no reason for it. So I, I don't think we have a, the full picture yet if they plan on using him more. But they're, they're going up against Arizona this week. Arizona just got hammered by TJ Hawkinson, a rookie in his very first game. Broke TJ- the tight end record. TJ Hawkinson had nine targets, 131 yards, and one touchdown. I think if he can do it, I, I love Hawkinson. 
uh, Mark Andrews can do it. I love it. And my tight end start of the week, he's so scrumptious. He's so yummy. Austin Hooper, baby. Austin Hooper, my he's biggest like a cracker. Cracker? <laughs> Wait, that can that can sound wrong after the week of A B. I meant like an actual cracker that you eat. Austin oh, yeah. Hooper reminds me of just like, eh, fine. This is a yummy treat, I guess. A yum you think a a cracker is just a yummy treat? I love crackers, so um, yeah, no, I it's would not, It's eat. not like my first go-to. I want chips, but if I have crackers, it's not the worst thing ever. Would you want Kittle chips? Ooh. Ouch. Ooh. Wow, look at you. I know, I know. So many puns. Um, Hostin Hooper. So he's going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. They allowed seven targets, four receptions for 59 yards in a monstrous touchdown by Vernon Davis. Old man Vernon Davis. Austin Hooper ran the fourth most routes against tight ends in week one. He went nine for nine, 77 yards, saw the second most targets on the Atlanta Falcons. He looked fantastic, and he really looks to be, um, when I'm looking at Matt Ryan, he looks to be like the possession guy. So I I really like him, especially in PPR leagues. Freeman was in on 50% of snaps. He saw just four targets. You know, it, when you're looking at this guy, it, he really seems to be sort of a go-to, uh, go-to piece in this offense so far. He was last year. He was at I think ranked six in targets among tight ends last season. I like his chances against the Philadelphia Eagles this week. I'm with you. I think it's a good one. And even just on volume base alone, I think he's going to be a consistent guy. Why and, am I never excited to start Austin Hooper? Because he's he's not a flashy guy. There, I think it's because there's a 0% chance he's going to break out. Like you're not going to get a 30 point game from Austin Hooper yet. I just, I think that's why, but that doesn't mean he's not a good fantasy play. You don't need every guy to have that potential because all sometimes consistency is the best thing you could ask for. Absolutely. And especially at the tight end position where it's such a dumpster fire. I think we'd use that now twice. But the tight end position can be so gross. If you get a guy in there that consistently scores you 10 to 12 points a game, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I, I really like that. Um, tell me about your scrumptious defense. All right, I'm going with the New England Patriots at Miami. He, they might that, be on. That might have been the most obvious pick. Yeah, it was. Sorry, guys, this was an obvious one, but I think they might be on waivers. That's why I picked them, because they played Pittsburgh week one. Nobody knew they would shut out Pittsburgh. People were scared of that matchup. So they may have not been played week one in your league, so check that out. Hopefully you already picked them up this Wednesday before someone else. But, I mean, do I really have to say much about this matchup? We saw Baltimore, you know, just manhandle them. They had two interceptions. They were ball-blasted. Ball blasted. Two interceptions, a handful of sacks. Just Baltimore didn't do anything with the two interceptions, so you didn't get a ton of points. But if New England can bring one of those home, because I do think they're going to intercept Rosen or Fitzpatrick, whoever plays, they're both just very, they just love to throw to the other team more than their own team. (laughs) Yeah. New England just needs to bring one of those home, and they're going to have a monster week for fantasy. Mine is sort of a sleeper pick. So when I was looking through the defenses, I feel like we sort of talked about the same ones over and over again. We talked about the Patriots. We've talked about the Cowboys. Let's talk about the 49ers. They were the number one scoring fantasy defense this week, and partially thanks to Jameis Winston, who who 
really was just throwing to the 49ers. So I'll give you that. But they faced the Bengals, who gave up five sacks for Andy Dalton in week one, four batted passes, tied for the lead of the week. They created pressure. Nick Bosa looked good. He was graded 13th among uh, defensive linemen for his first week on the job. Two top 20 corners rated in PFF in week one. I think this could be an opportunity if they can continue to create pressure on Andy Dalton to have another big week. Possibly. Possibly. I don't I don't feel good about it. Hey, but. you know what? If if a guy, you know, if there's not a lot of good options on your waiver wires, if you're in a deeper league, I think that they have another chance to put up points just situationally. So it's not your first go. I would recommend the the Patriots, I would recommend the Cowboys. I don't recommend this as your first option, but I'm trying to think a little bit outside of the box because 49ers are just a defense we haven't heard a lot about. And we thought about, you know, what a dumpster fire Jameis Winston looked. Maybe that was also partly because of the 49ers defense. Every time we say dumpster fire, take a shot. That's a new game. Oh, man, I'm going to be wasted. (laughs) Uh, I, I don't hate it only for the fact that, you know, people played teams last year like... The, the Philadelphia Eagles, who highly disappointed against a team that we thought they could get some points against. Denver, who, you know, kind of got Yikes. eaten up by Oakland. I, I'm not saying give up on these defenses yet, but if you do want to, the 49ers are not a bad option to go try out this week. Yeah. Uh, you know what we should try out this week, Michelle? What? FantasyGo.com, baby. It's football season. We're finally here. We've been waiting all off season for it. Headed into week two, during the season, already we've gotten probably hundreds of questions. For sure. For sure. You guys are relentless, and I love it because you guys want the best for your fantasy team in your fantasy lineups. You know, you can ask all the questions you want on Twitter. We try to get to them all, but we can't. So for that, you've got fantasygo.com. It's the only site of its kind of literally – Go to pick your favorite analyst from the analyst marketplace, which is obviously me or Michelle, Definitely obviously, me. or just Michelle. Um, if you're in too many leagues, you're going on vacation and you can't keep up with the news that week, go to fantasygo.com, pick us, and then you can have us manage your teams for the week. We remote into your Yahoo account. We can make waiver wire moves. I, I did some waiver wire moves this Wednesday or yesterday. How'd Tuesday. they go? Uh, I, I think they went well. I actually have to go check on them. I mean, I put them all in, but I want to go see who we got there. How you got the bids going. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of the times when we're helping you out with sit starts, we don't know the rest of your team. That's actually a pretty big part of it. Yeah. Like, if you've got a lot of safe guys yeah. and you need a boom play and, and we can help you out with that. I mean, it it's a great great site it's a, a cool experience because you get to have the ball blast girls managing your team directly straight from the source check it out at fantasygo.com oh that's a risky little game i also like to live dangerously i am very very sneaky sir i got sneaky right here for you those sneaky sleepers michelle tell me your sneaky sleeper of the week it's John brown and he might not be too sneaky after last week he's not sleepy after <clears throat> last week Definitely not. I have been the conductor of the John Brown hype train. Yes, I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking that as me, as mine. 
I was the conductor. No, I, I've loved John Brown this whole offseason. I was very excited to own him and everything, but I did not start him in anything last week because I wanted to see his usage in this offense before I just plugged him in. I wanted to make sure there was a connection between Josh Allen and John Brown. Uh, we realized there was, and I'm very yes. pleased by that. He had 10 targets, 7 receptions, 123 yards, and 1 touchdown. What's beautiful is that it was throughout the whole entire game. It wasn't just when Josh Allen started to look better and it was like loaded points in just one quarter. First half, five targets, 60 yards. Second half, five targets, 63 yards. The entire game from start to finish, Josh Allen looked for John Brown. John Brown led all wide receivers in in week one for first downs. That's actually important. That means your quarterback trusts you. When you need a first down, Josh Allen is looking for John Brown. I love that. Uh, Guess what? What? Josh Allen had a quarterback rating of 71.2, right? Not great. When he targeted John Brown, he had a quarterback rating of 155, nearly perfection. Perfection is 158.3. So you're telling me he's... John Brown is this year's Robert Foster. Sure. You're really holding on to that, Robert <laughs> Foster. I, I love this connection between the two. I, I think I, we're not going to get 100 yards every game from John Brown, but I don't think he's going to be as boom or bust as I originally thought. I like seeing the 10 targets. Honestly, from John Brown and Josh Allen connection, I expected to get maybe – you know, four targets, and you're going to get that bomb, and that's what you're going to be leaning on each week. Ten targets. No, I, I'll take that. Like, if that's what he's going to get, he doesn't need to break off one. He could just get ten targets, and, you know, we'll be happy with that. I love John Brown, and I think you're right. I don't think he's necessarily going to be as as boom bust. I think he could be more of a steady asset just based on the usage. People are asking us if they should start – Jamison Crowder for crying out loud with all those target shares. If you if you're following target shares, I would much rather put my trust in Smokey Brown than send them all, all over to Jamison Crowder for a, a two yards per reception. Yeah, I agree with you. And to add on to the John Brown love and his potential for this week, we just saw the Giants, who they're playing against, give up 405 receiving yards and four touchdowns, four passing touchdowns. This is why I love. Josh Allen, John Brown this week, because of the matchup, because of their connection, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing this week. I like that. My sleeper for the week, DK Metcalf, baby. He has been my rookie guy all offseason. I, I really like the the match between him and Russell Wilson. They showed a great connection in week one. He made some really tough grabs in tight spaces, which it's not, first of all, easy for a quarterback to necessarily like chuck the ball in that tight space if you don't trust the guy you're throwing it to. You're not going to throw it his way. Um, Joe Hayden, cornerback for the Steelers, is out with the – or presumably out with the sprained AC joint. Uh, Safety Sean Davis has had an ankle injury, so he's been out. I think we had a player from the AAF Well, it sounds good that that Lockett will hopefully miss the game. Not hopefully because I hope he's healthy, but – as a Steelers fan, with all of our injuries, we might need Lockett to just, you know, rest for one week. Please. Yeah, but, I mean, either way, I think the the Steelers, they're dominant on the ground. I think if the, the Seattle Seahawks want to pull this one out, they're going to have to do it through the air because that is where you beat the Steelers. And Pete Carroll is a smart coach who knows that. I think 
Um, I mean, even just seeing sort of like some improvisation plays from Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, like those two connected on this beautiful, beautiful scramble play, which like was totally improvised. And DK Metcalf said, yeah, we just made eye contact and I knew he was going to throw me the ball. And I just like, it was like this perfect thing. Like, why can't that happen against this crap secondary? I, I like him for this week. Um, Tyler Lockett, if he is banged up at all, even if he plays, they may want to get DK Metcalf more involved just for the sake of maybe limiting some exposure to him or collisions or any chance of re-injury. My uh, deep, deep sleeper. Yeah. I'm going to stay in the same game. Deontay Johnson. Sure. All right. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steeler. I, I've been like, obviously scoping. You're all about the rookies. I am. Cause I, I, in watching that game, he was the only guy that I thought looked decent. He, he was, had one beautiful catch. He had one. Well, ab- I mean, he had more than one catch, but the one catch that he made was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And he saw he saw five targets, which I was actually surprised to see the Steelers get him that involved as a rookie. Well, they had to when they saw what Moncrief was doing. Moncrief saw 11 targets. He got nothing done. I just think that this might be a week where we see a little bit more. I would never play him. Don't play him. Don't put him in any lineups, but maybe like a DFS play. I like that. DFS. Yeah, definitely. DFS only. And then just keep your eye on him and and redraft. Yeah. (laughs) See see how many targets he gets. I'm just, it's not a, it's not so much a play. It's more of a, I want to keep my eye on this guy. And my deep sleepers, because I want to throw in some too, Ian Thomas, if Greg Olson sits and you need a tight end, will be really good for PPR. I, I really love Ian Thomas. I talk about him all the time. And I think he'll he'll get targets if Greg Olson sits. We'll have to wait on that for, you know, news right before the game probably. He's gonna he's going to be a game time decision, so you're going to have to keep a close eye on that if you do need a tight end. Um, and then one other one I just want to throw in quickly, Terry McLaurin. I'm going with a rookie too. Deep sleeper. I actually picked him up in a lot of redrafts this week. He's going to sit on my bench though. But if you do need someone, you have a deep league, you need to plug in someone. I don't hate it. He was in on 93% of snaps, which is the highest of any rookie wide receiver. They used him as a wide receiver one. He saw seven targets. I think he does have that connection with Case Keenum. He looked really good. I expect them, you know, maybe it stays a close game because their defense keeps them into it, but I don't expect them to kill Dallas in any such way. So they'll be passing the ball a lot, and I think Terry McLaren can get another seven to eight targets this game. I like those. I picked up Terry McLaren in a lot of my rookie drafts, really cheap, like third or fourth round of those rookie dynasty leagues. So um, I I really like to see the breakout, even if it's not a consistent breakout. I think he's definitely a young guy that we need to keep our eye on. We've been super positive. We've been given all of our good picks, Michelle. Let's get into some doozies. I told Dwight that there is honor in losing, which as we all know is completely ridiculous. Red alert, baby. We don't want these guys to be busting your lineup. They Ball are. Ball blasting your lineup. We have some fades for you. Let's do this, Michelle. What's your fade of the week? Okay. Now, my fade does not mean you cannot put them in your lineup. You can put them in there. Just just be, you know, wary. Weary? 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 Weary. Weary. 
Weird. <laughs> Either way you say it. My fade this week is Chris Carson. <gasps> he, had a, he had a very good fantasy day against Cincinnati. He was I, one of my starts of the week last week. I was very excited about him going into week one. He put up good numbers. He did exactly what I wanted him to do as far as fantasy numbers. However, two touchdowns really pushed that over from him having just an okay game to a great game. And what pushed him over even more in PPR is those seven targets, six receptions. Without those, he had an absolutely atrocious game, which you can't take everything away. I get that. Like he, he had the six receptions. He had the two touchdowns. That's great. He only had 46 yards on the ground and six passes for 35 yards. It's pretty bad. I mean, that's not great. Uh, there was 31 running backs this week one that saw at least three targets, and he ranked 27th out of the 31 running backs in PFF receiving grades, receiving a score of a 40.9. That's compared to Eckler, who is on the top of a score of 90. Um, only seven other running backs saw targets. Sorry. Only seven other running backs saw seven targets, and he was only ahead of Mike Davis in yards per reception. He only had 5.8 yards per reception. I just don't know if the team is going to keep using him in the passing game if he's not doing much with you know, the receptions he has. They might see who else is there that can actually make something of those receptions. I still think they, they target him this game. I think he'll be okay in that area. We saw Pittsburgh shut down Sony Michelle. They are they typically throughout the years, they're very good at stopping power runners. Like that's just something we've always been good at. It's the it's the little small guys, the little small passing back guys that they struggle with a little bit more. And Chris Carson's just not that. So I think we'll stop him on the ground. And we'll have to see what he can do in the air. Maybe he can pull through with another touchdown. We'll have to see. But we saw Pittsburgh be pretty good against the run last week. Yeah. That's normally what we do pretty well. Last year we struggled a little bit. But it's the passing that kills us. Yeah. I I think, like I said, my boy, my sleeper, DK Metcalf, should benefit from that tremendously. For my fade, I'm going with a guy who had a monstrous week last week. I'm going to tell you just to temper your expectations. You're still starting this guy, but you might need some boom elsewhere in your lineup. Tight end, Evan Ingram, New York Giants wide receiver one. He will be for the season. I guarantee you that. You've got Sterling Shepard with a concussion. We don't know if he's going to be available to play on Sunday, but He's definitely the guy that that they need to cover. They're going up against the Bills, who uh, their their coverage in space, it's good. They're tight. I have to imagine that they're going to be focusing their secondary in on Evan Ingram because he is the biggest pass-catching weapon that Eli Manning has. You take away him, you take away him out of the game, they're going to need to funnel that that entire offense through Saquon Barkley, which they obviously can do. But, um, I mean, I'm fading all of the pass catchers there. I'm fading Cody Latimer. I'm, I'm fading all of those big-name wide receivers there. But I, I just I don't trust Evan Ingram to get it, get it done this week. I think you're going to need to expect bigger points from other positions in your lineup. When you first said it, I was shocked because – Evan Ingram's our boy. It's the Bills. I totally get that it's the Bills. I don't I don't know if I agree with you here. As you were talking, I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like I I get her point. We did see Jamison Crowder just, you know, 
kill them underneath. So we'll see if they use Evan Ingram that way. They could always use Barkley in that way. We know that Eli Manning can dump the ball off to Saquon Barkley. Saquad Barkley. So I don't think Evan Ingram will have long receptions at all, but he could get 10 eight-yard receptions and be pretty decent. We'll see. I, I don't I don't hate your fate. I really don't, especially after last week. People are Again, going to have not super a, high expectations. It's not a don't start. It's just I don't think he's going to have the week he had last week. Okay. Michelle, give me your second fade. All right, so my second fade is a whole offense, and it's the Arizona Cardinals offense. I feel like that's cheating. It's not. It's not. I, I made up the rules, so I can do whatever I want. Aye, aye, Captain. It's the whole Arizona offense. They go to Baltimore this week, and this is Kyler Murray's first road game in the NFL, and having to go to Baltimore doesn't really seem that fair. Oh, that's ouchie. Yeah, it really is ouchie. I feel bad, but no one wants to go into Baltimore to begin with because they're a good defense. They're hard to play at home. They're a good defense on the road, honestly, so getting them at home hyped up their first home game. I'm just a little scared for Kyler Murray, David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, and everyone else on that offense. They really didn't do much at all for a full three quarters in the first game until Detroit just started. I don't know what they did. I think they thought they had it in the bag, and they were already headed home. They were on the bus, and then Kyler Murray came out and showed up. But Yeah, I think they evacuated the field, the entire Detroit Lions defense it was it seemed that way in the first three quarters uh murray had a total of 70 passing yards that's it first three quarters 70 passing yards in the fourth quarter alone he had 154 passing yards that is more than double his first three quarters and he had two touchdowns which he had zero before that and then you had overtime which also padded his stats with 84 extra yards in there I don't see that happening if he gets down in Baltimore. I don't think Baltimore gives up. They're very well coached. Their defense is not going to just say, oh, we have it. Like They're going to stay on you. In Miami, in Miami, they could have, they were up 59. Like They could have stopped, and they still only allowed Miami to get 200 total yards. And then you look at David Johnson. David Johnson had 67 rushing yards without overtime. He didn't get more than 15 yards receiving until the fourth quarter when, again, everything opened up for them. And that's when he also got his receiving touchdown. In Miami, Baltimore held the Miami running back. Strike was the leading rusher at 12 yards. 12 yards. That's vomitious. He was the leading receiver at the running back position with 15 yards to reception. Oh, big baller. Yeah. So David Johnson is a pass catcher, but so is Kenyon Drake. And he only got 15 yards receiving. You're going to probably start David Johnson. Like you're going to start him, but you're really going to need to put in some big boom plays elsewhere if you're going to start him, because I don't expect great things from him. And then the last big guy who boomed out last week was Larry Fitzgerald. And you might be excited to start him this week after last week. I say sit him. He had nine yards, nine yards going into the fourth quarter. First three quarters, nine yards. Wow. Yeah, that's it. Then he had 59 yards and one touchdown in the fourth quarter, 45 yards in overtime. That padded his stats. I just do, this is not going to happen in Baltimore. They're not going to be able to get down like this and all of a sudden they break out. It just all worries me the way it happens. It worries me that Kyler Murray in his first NFL game, 
on the road has to go to Baltimore. That's just not an easy game. I want to look elsewhere at the quarterback position, at the wide receiver position. And if you want to play David Johnson, do it. Just be careful. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, go look for boom elsewhere. Like I said, with my Mr. Evan Ingram, um, my fade, I'm actually, I'm taking a a page out of your book, Michelle. I'm going to fade the entire Denver backfield. They were held into check mostly by the Raiders' defensive line. Now they get the Bears' front seven. Good luck with that. They held Aaron Jones to just 39 rushing yards. And, I mean, to start off the game, he he looked really slow. He looked like he started to get into some rhythm as the offense did in general. But I don't see them bouncing back the way that Aaron Rodgers and company can do so. Um, Jamal Williams went five rushing attempts for zero yards. That's... (laughs) That's impressive. Zero yards per carry. <laughs> that's like, that's hard to do. I feel like all you have to do is lean over, like you know? lean over, dude. I like even a half a yard. Come on. So they're, they're really going to need to, to win this matchup through the air. If they possibly can, I think Cortland Sutton's a great start this week, um, coming off of a really nice game against the Raiders. And again, they had to get that, that done. Um, you know, they didn't win the game, but they did end up coming back through the air, which I think is going to be, um, again, important to them in this matchup. So I'm fading the whole backfield. I don't really want to touch Philip Lindsay. If you do, I think you're counting on one of those boom explosive plays, which sometimes those are hard to count on in your fantasy, you know, assets when you're, you're starting a guy in those early rounds, you don't, you just want that slow and steady motion of the ocean. I would not be starting a Denver running back against the Bears. I think Aaron Jones is better than both Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. I think he's more talented back, and he just couldn't move on them. Incidentally, are there any running backs in the NFL which you would start against the Bears? Yeah, I'd start CMC, Zeke, Kamara. Bell? Yeah, Bell. Okay. So it's sort of just I feel like those. I'm missing a big one. Barkley. Yeah, that's how about your boy Carry on Johnson. No, I would not. And I have to think about how if I'm going to, you know, start him this week. I have some good options. We'll see. All right, Michelle, tell me which games are you most excited to watch this week? So the Saints at the Rams. We talked about this earlier. There's going to be a ton of there should be a ton of fantasy points, just like that Saints Houston game. I think a lot of times with Saints games, we're going to get a lot of those fantasy points. This is, has the revenge game all over it. Saints fans are getting mad that people are saying that because they're saying they're not upset with the Rams or upset with the officials. But you know they want to go in there and kick their butts to prove that they should have been in the Super Bowl. And the Rams want to beat the Saints at home and prove that they deserve to be in that Super Bowl. It's going to be a very interesting game. I think it's going to be a close one, and it's going to be a fun one. So I'm very excited to watch that one. It's at 425 on Sunday. Awesome. I'm surprised that's not a night game. Yeah, you would think they'd want that that attention. It's on the West Coast, so they they definitely maybe they didn't the... want the officiating stuff coming up over <laughs> and over again on like you know Sunday night football. Yeah, all the the Saints fans showed up um, in officiating jerseys to the game versus Houston, so that's kind of fun. I did not notice that. Oh yeah, the whole crowd was black and white. I don't know what you were watching. Oh my, well they're black color i don't yeah i don't know what i was watching. oh yeah they were zooming in on them like occasionally throughout the game they you'd see them zoom into the crowd and then i'm sure they got yelled at like don't point that out that the the home team is not in saints jerseys they're in officiating jerseys wow. it was just a 
a little knock on the officials, but it was kind of funny to watch. Um, my most exciting game, I'm looking forward to Seattle versus Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to the game. It will be a fun one. As it long will be as such we a fun one. Don't look like we did week one. Just make it a close game, Pittsburgh. Make it a clo- close game. Um, I'm really excited to see this one. So, so I what I'm excited about going into this game is that I like going to games after the Steelers lose because a lot of times Tomlin does not lose twice. And what's even more fascinating is that Steelers Depot just wrote an article about this that I read. Tomlin and his you know tenure as a Steelers coach has lost by more than 20 points eight times since he's been there. And the last seven times they lost by more than 20 points, they came back to win the next game. And the last six times that they lost by 20 points, they came back the very next game to kill that team. I like that. Like to win by more than 20 points. So I want that to happen. Can we please make it a seventh straight time where we come back and just dominate them? I think what's going to be interesting about this game is that we just saw the Seahawks secondary get carved up by John Ross. Tyler Boyd still had a decent game. There should be offense in this game. If the Steelers can pull it together offensively, there should be plenty of offense to go around for these guys. Big Ben should be a good play at home. He's usually much better at home. Last year, he was very, very good at home anyway. But usually throughout his career, he's a really good fantasy play at home. And we just saw Andy Dalton eat up that Seattle defense in Seattle. So if Big Ben and company cannot do that at home, then we have some serious issues. Yeah. And, you know, you've got a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast. It's a one o'clock game. So, you know, even at least from a traveling standpoint, that can be teams for difficult to that can be difficult for teams to adjust to. I'm excited to see it. Plus, I want to see my boy DK Metcalf. I want to see. I feel like you're more excited to watch the Seattle players. I'm so excited to see Seattle. I'm like, a, a, if Rashad Penny goes off on the Steelers, what will you do? <laughs> that would be just perfect. Would it be perfect? Would you be happy? No, I would not be happy. And that would, like, he never goes off on any team, but he goes off on the Steelers. He would go off on the Steelers, yeah. 100%. And, like, I'd be like, oh, cool. I was right on Penny being good. And, Oh, cool. Of course, he goes off on the Steelers. Yeah, that exactly sounds like something that would happen. Um, These are our favorite picks of the week, our sleepers, our uh, fades of the week, our starts of the week. But if you want all of our game recaps, be sure to check us out over at patreon.com slash ball blast. We're going to be doing the weekly review every single week. We release those on Saturday. So if you want a full game preview of, of each uh, roster starts sits. Give us a follow. Five dollar tier subscriber. Um, you get access to that ec- extra episode per week in our Slack chat, baby. Yes, please join us. I do really like the Patreon episodes that we'll be doing each week. We answer all your questions, A, and then B, go through all the matchups. So, I mean, in this episode, we can't get through everything week one. It's or, sorry, week like throughout the week. Yeah. We run out of time. Yeah, we can't talk about every matchup here, but we do run through them in this Patreon episode. We make it a little bit longer, and we go through every single matchup. This time we'll try to record it the first time and not accidentally not record it like someone did. I don't know what you're talking about, So hopefully about, we Michelle. can just roll through it once and not twice. But, yeah, come join us over at patreon.com slash ballblast. Slash ballblast. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, check out all of the podcast on the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm Michelle. You can follow me at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEm. 
And we will see you guys after week two. Good luck. Hopefully we're not crying. Yeah. Bye. Bye.